Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome, the lefties on Twitter. You know, the ones who think Chuck Todd and Andrea Mitchell should just defect to Fox News already. We're unhappy again with Kristen Welker. She started out Meet the Press by reporting that Trump is solidifying his grip on the Republican nomination by winning in South Carolina. He's delivering a crushing blow to Nikki Haley in her home state, trouncing her by 20 points, dominating every key group. None of this is false. It just sounds too positive. Look out, it's mega NBC. You've heard of MSNBC, now it's mega NBC. Kristen Welker's ruining her hairdo with the mega hat. Look, Trump won with almost 60% of the vote. Haley had almost 40% of the vote. Uh, Ron DeSantis had like 0.4%, even though he's not in the race anymore. Trump won, and he took almost all the delegates. So that's the truth. Then comes the spin. How many of Haley's 40% of voters won't vote for Trump in November? That's sort of the only negative you can imagine in these results. Let's guess in Haley's vote sample, there were some Democrats and some never-Trumper independents, um, but there could also be establishment Republicans, some Bushies who are still mad about the election denial and what happened on January 6th. But trying to paint Welker as some kind of GOP sellout is just wrong. Now, you could look at this the other way when you see where she's like saying, Trump, crushing blow, trouncing, dominating. The fact that Democrats very much want Trump to be the nominee since he's supposedly so beatable, Biden surely can beat Trump. So they'll play up Trump's win so they can press Haley to get out and we can just start the general election campaign. Now, I... Yes, some of the spin right now is, yes, Haley at this point is just running a protest candidacy, which which is true on some level, is that you're like, she's not exactly winning any primaries, but it's not exactly like Trump has all the delegates he needs, and it would obviously make sense on some level to say, I'm going to stay in in case he gets indicted, but as we know from experience, if he gets indicted, or when he goes to trial, his numbers will probably go up again, so... He gets convicted, maybe his numbers will go up again. Who knows? But I all, all I know is journalists love to say our only bias is in favor of a good story. What a pile of baloney that is. It's a whole ring of kielbasa. Just like, you know, when your mother says she loves you, check it out. Like, yeah, like they're really exquisite fact checkers. I think we all know better than that. Anyway. I found this part of Meet the Press more interesting. Tieran Rose Mandelberg of MRC Culture reported on Newsbusters that Kristen Welker actually asked Governor Gavin Newsom of California on Sunday about where is the limit on abortion? Is there any week after which you would accept abortion being banned? Now, I want to give Welker credit for asking this question. You know, when, if ever, should access to abortion be limited? Remember, we pounced and seized on Welker 
when she tried to tell Donald Trump, well, no one favors abortion at any time. Democrats don't favor abortion at any time, which, of course, is preposterous because it's right there in the 2020 platform. They don't say it explicitly. We support the right to abortion, you know, in every instance. But they basically say it's the woman's choice. Well, I mean, it's, it's an unlimited choice. That's where they are. But nobody wants to dwell on the fact that the Democrats' official position is extreme. So I thought, well, good for her. I'm, I decided to look at the, uh, you know, the online transcript from NBC of Meet the Press because I was also interested in how Welker bickered with Congressman Byron Donald's Republican of Florida. And then I discovered something. Aha! This clip that we have on Newsbusters of Welker and Newsom was not on the show. The Meet the Press transcript didn't have it. Our recording on Snapstream didn't have it. You put in those words like canard when he says late-term abortion is a canard. Not in the show. Tieran Rose had a tweet from the uh, the Twitter account Breaking 911, but this portion of the interview did not appear on NBC. Now, we all know that the audience on Twitter, while influential, is nothing like the size of what you're actually going to see, the eyeballs on NBC. Now, on the show on NBC, they were discussing how allegedly Trump is now talking behind the scenes about supporting a national ban on abortion at 16 weeks, which everybody in NBC land and Democrat land thinks is crazy nutso. And it's this point where Newsom warns about the contours of the debate that we'll be having over the next nine months, ironically nine months, between now and November, and the consequences of the Democratic Party not succeeding in getting Biden reelected. So they're basically saying, if you support any limit on abortion, you better not you vote for Biden because Biden's for unlimited abortion. He doesn't say that so much. But look, listen to this exchange after, after they discuss the contours of the debate. I just think this exchange is priceless. Well, let me let me press you, though, Governor. Do you think there is a week that access to abortion should be banned? I'm going to I think we've established that firmly in the context of what states are doing, like California, where we established a constitutional right to access abortion. And the end of the day, I think that's a determination for women at and their doctors week? as it relates to the issues in California. We've established that firmly in the state constitution as it relates to getting into the debate around late term abortion. That's a complete canard. That's an effort to distract from the extremism of the Republican Party's current positions that are now being exposed as even more extreme than we originally had imagined. And late-term abortions are incredibly rare. Republicans, though, say the Democrats want to allow abortions up until the time of birth. Uh, it's how a, do, I how think do you it's insulting to, to women. I mean, fetal abnormalities. It's because of the life of not just the mother, but baby, the likelihood that the baby won't even survive after their birth. I mean, it's a personal and devastating decision. I've got four young kids. By the time that decision's even made, you've probably picked out the name of the child. 
Mm. You picked out the color of the room, the crib. Yeah. And it's a devastating, devastating decision. And again, I don't think with respect, guys like Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump should be making that decision. I love this. This is like Exhibit 17,000, maybe 34,000, of the liberal media pretending Republicans are just viciously extreme in protecting the unborn babies, and the Democrats are somehow not extreme by supporting abortion up until the baby smiles or something. You can't say we support abortion after birth. Okay. Do we need to rerun the tape of Governor Ralph Northam saying we'd keep the baby comfortable as we met with the mother? We tried to determine if this blob of cells that's now breathing gets to live. Okay, that's not exactly what he says, but that was kind of the point. In reality, the right to abortion doesn't end with birth. As funny as that might sound to you, in reality, when they say the mother gets to choose, and we use the word mother, mm -hmm. when you say the woman gets to choose, it means, oops, the baby was born in this abortion, and it's now viable. Now what? The Democrat position is, nope, woman's choice. Anyway, it's just amazing that this got snipped out. And it's not just this clip. There's another little snippet where Newsom kind of screws up and he suggests that mifepristone, which of course is an abortion drug, we're part of an abortion drug cocktail, he throws it into the same sentence where he's talking about how the Republicans are against contraceptives. Mifepristone is not a contraceptive. This makes him look like he's not very smart. So it ended up on the cutting room floor. Look, we have gotten too lazy as viewers to the idea that these interviews are not live, they're usually taped, and then you assume somehow that they are in their entirety, they, they slice them pretty neatly, but nope, these shows are getting sliced and diced. And you kind of want to say, what are we not seeing? Just a week ago, our Jorge Bonilla pointed out this kind of video butchery happened on CBS's Face the Nation. Tim Scott's discussion of the Gospel of Matthew was mercilessly aborted. The subject was Nikki Haley's son saying that Tim Scott was a betrayer like Judas. This would somehow make Nikki Haley Jesus? And somehow then Tim Scott would wish he was never born. He should wish he was conceived in California under Gavin Newsom. But just know this, that well before Tim Scott metaphorically opens the Bible, CBS has cut him off. Here is the full clip. Politics makes people and their families desperate. It's unfortunate for a person with the high caliber of an individual that she has been to stoop down to having her and her family refer to me or anyone else as Judas Iscariot or any other name calling. The one thing I would say to your viewers, when you were attacked, please remember this, do not take criticism for someone you would not take advice. And in addition to that, because I am going to church in a little while, Matthew 5, reminds us to pray for those 
who persecute you and to love your enemies. We have to find in our hearts the way of forgiveness. Uh, I, I know that they're in a heated race. I know that it's not going their way. They, they're going to lose their home state. There will be a devastating loss here in South Carolina. It was a devastating loss in New Hampshire. There's not a state coming forward that she's going to win. So I get the name calling, but it's not about me, frankly. Never say Matthew 544. They don't want you citing the Bible. Let's just say something that these people at the networks might find uncomfortable. They don't really like religion. They don't really know religion. Citing things in the Bible just confuses them. They don't want to study the Bible. They would rather shred the Bible. These people want a separation of church and state. They want to separate the church from everything and everyone. Now, I know that sometimes they'll play around. They'll try to tell you Biden's a devout Catholic. Usually when they tout somebody's religion, that's a sign that their, their religion in no way interrupts what the Democrats want. Or a lot of times where they're going to be pro-religion is that somebody is like, you know, misunderstood because they're Muslim. You know, that's when their religion is something that's important. They don't, they, you know, you, you can't separate church and state when it's a Muslim country. That would be racist. Uh, but let's go on from there. I want to go back to what happened to Byron Donalds. I don't think he got edited. I haven't called him to ask. Anyway, Welker was interviewing him, and she was throwing it this at him, you know. Trump had this statement where he said, you know, he's talking about his sneakers, and he was all like, you know, the blacks are beginning to like me because people are being very mean to me. The government's persecuting me and uh, trying me unjustly, and the blacks know all about that, so the blacks are going to like me. And, it, you know, obviously that's golden if you're a liberal media person. And, of course, it, so Welker's basically saying, uh, Cedric Richmond... Black Democrat says Trump's a racist. How dare he say all this? But more importantly, it's they're talking about all the indictments against Trump. They always love talking about the 91 felony counts. And Welker bizarrely thinks she's fact-checking when she says there's no evidence the indictments against him are politicized. What? All right, let's just give a clip of Welker trying to interrupt and fact check Byron Donalds, and he more than holds his own. Again, there's no evidence that the indictments against him are politicized, but sticking to this question, were you offended at all by his comments, Congressman? No, I wasn't, because I understood what the president was talking about. And like I've said now for the third time, he talked about all the reasons why minority voters want to support him. And Kristen, let me push back a little bit. You have to acknowledge the fact that now that the Robert Hur report has come out about Joe Biden's misuse of classified information, which is a violation of the Espionage Act, he had no rights to any of those documents when he was a senator Con or vice president, yet there are no charges against, against, vice, yeah, against President but, but Biden. But President Trump is under Congressman, prosecution. 
solution? To, Come on, hold on. I have we to, know that doesn't have, make any sense at all. I have to hit the pause button for one minute, Congressman, because the her report was very clear sure. that there was not enough evidence to bring charges against President Biden, and that ultimately there President, was not enough. That is what the her report said, Congressman. That is exactly what the her report said. Yes, it is. It said that there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough evidence to bring charges. You cannot possess those those documents as a senator or a vice president. You have no right to those documents as a senator or a vice president. Uh, they must remain in a secure facility. Joe Biden took them from a skiff. That's a violation of the Espionage right. Act. It's always funny the way they're going to interrupt Republicans. You know, Welker, just a couple of weeks back in this panel discussion that was moderated by David uh, Flick. Welker said she likes to let people finish their thoughts. No, not with Donald Trump and not with Byron Donalds. Republicans don't always get to finish their sentences. Once you've said something that might upset the lefties on Twitter, it's time to interrupt. Now, Welker on Sunday interviewed Jake Sullivan, Biden's national security advisor, she didn't interrupt him. She let him go on and on. She'd say, what say you about Ukraine? blah de blah blah de blah 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 Now I'll ask you this question without interrupting. You know, now there are some single-line answers when you look at the transcript with Gas Gavin Newsom. Gassy Newsom. <laughs> it's a misspeak that works. No, but that's in part because Newsom's interrupting her. Mansplaining anyone? Um, and then there's some back and forth. There's some single sentences when Welker is sort of goading him about whether he'll run this year for president. And he can't even hint that he's playing around with that thought. That would not be allowed. But I think we're going to have to look at these Sunday shows differently. We're just going to have to ask ourselves, what's being cut out? And I would hope that Republican politicians, if they're treated unfairly, you know where we are. You can call us up. You can contact us and say, I got a bad deal. I know you at Newsbusters write about it when Republicans get a bad deal on a Sunday show. Usually we're going to catch that. But, you know, sometimes we don't know the whole story. I think these sorts of stories that show you how neatly, discreetly, crappily these people are editing comments to protect Democrats and to somehow, you know, let's not have any Christianity in our Sunday morning show. You can't cite the book of Matthew. <laughs> oh, it is one of those things. You know, there was this Mark Finkelstein said, I think Michael Steele did the sign of the cross on uh, on the on the weekend on the MSNBC show. And I watched on it and he looked like he just sort of pulled his hand down like I'm collecting my thoughts. But, you know, then again, he said it was Sunday. Maybe he was going to start sign of the cross. Then he thought, oh, oh, the leftists on Twitter will be unhappy with me if I do the sign of the cross on atheist NBC. But yes, this is Michael Steele, former black conservative, mocking another black conservative. Well, that's because this black conservative, Mark Robinson, North Carolina, went to CPAC and basically said, everything the left does fails. Yeah, you can't tolerate that kind of statement on MSNBC. It makes you want to go, I need to collect my thoughts. Mother Mary, keep me calm. <laughs> 
All right, so these are the sorts of things. We're working seven days a week. We're monitoring the media on Saturday. We're monitoring the media on Sunday. We're monitoring the media at 6 in the morning and 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes we're monitoring these comedy shows that go after midnight. They're not really comedy shows because they're just not that funny. Monitor it all, and that's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in.